Justin is here. Hardly a producer. Yes, you are. Hardly. Shut up. All right. Um, Can I be like something like on the ones and twos? Whatever. All right. What do you call yourself with Bender? You guys, you I don't guys know. have that Bender? Oh, baby. He calls me Boom Boom because it's a stupid uh, nickname I had on a Omaha Classic Rock Station when I was trying to learn to do <laughs> mornings there. We, uh, we might have to have you guys as a guest. Oh, as, as, but as our characters? Yes, because <laughs> I think it's fun. Well, welcome back, everybody. It is episode four. Did you miss me this week, Justin? I missed you probably more than I should. I, I, am, I was off a few days this week. Um, I talked about it in my podcast last week about how it was the anniversary of my dad's death, so I took a couple days off. Are we allowed to know what you do? Am I cutting you off and you're no, about no, to no. say? No, no, no. I'll tell you a little bit of what I did. But okay. the reason why I take it off is because I promised myself after my dad passed away, I would always take some time off around the day that he died and just focus on him and, and do something fun and his memory and all that stuff. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I did because uh, I went to the casino. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. We get to hear. Oh, boy. Yeah, and so I'll tell you a little bit about that a little bit later um, because that was a lot of fun. It was uh, we had a good time and I just like to. You and Tim, when you say we, yes, yes. Yeah, just the fam and stuff like that. So it's just, you know. Fun. Did the and dogs spend... go on the trip? No, they don't okay. go. And I was just gone for the day when we went to the casino. We didn't stay overnight. So we went locally. We went to San Manuel. Mm. Yeah, so Bing. it's a lot of fun. So I'll tell you a little bit about what happened there. And uh, because people were asking me about my slot strategy. Not slut strategy, <laughs> Justin. Slot strategy. And so I'm going to get into that in a minute. But I got to get into the People versus O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story on FX. If you're watching it, like me, I am, and just. Is it me and Justin or Justin? Justin and, and I. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I'm not. You know, if you're the grammar police, don't bother emailing me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really care. Email um, someone else. So anyway, I was watching the newest episode of People versus OJ Simpson, just because it's so much fun to go back and live it again. I mean, I actually was working here at KFI when that was going on, and it was just a hilarious time. As tragic as the story was, it was such a circus. That it was it was fascinating, and so now to watch it, you know, being portrayed on television is really really interesting. And this week, what was great about this week's episode, and if you haven't seen it yet, you, you probably want to spoilers. Wait. Yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit of spoiler. But the trial basically starts. They go into jury selection, and they do they get re- they're getting ready to do opening statements. Um, so the jury selection part, what the greatest part of the the case was to see. The fight between everybody as this was going on. The woman who plays Marsha Clark and uh, what was her name? Sarah Paulson, I think is her name. She does a great Marsha Clark. Amazing Marsha Clark. And we all know that Courtney B. Vance does Johnny Cochran and John Travolta plays Shapiro, which, you know, I have a hard time believing that Shapiro really acted like the way Travolta is portraying him, but whatever. And um, Sterling Brown plays Christopher Darden, and Nathan Lane plays F. Lee Bailey, which is phenomenal. Like, you just, it's, it's amazing. So the whole thing in this episode was this fight, the pretrial motions and the jury selection. 
And the pretrial motions, they were fighting over how many hairs they were going to be able to take yes. off of OJ's head, right? Marsha wants 100. Johnny Cochran's like, one. She's going 50 or 80. And I mean, just the fights over every little thing. And that was the defensive strategy from the beginning Do was you know to from fight com- over everything. Did that really happen from coming? Yes. Okay. They fought over everything. And that was part of the defensive strategy was to just try to stonewall them at every single turn. So there would constantly, and you have to remember, at this time when this was really going on, people would leave, like, we would leave work and go home and watch the trial all day. It was like appointment watching television. You could not tear, I mean, most of the time it was super boring and really involved and just all this crap. But because everything was broadcast, it was hilarious. And it was hilarious to see um, Judge Lance Ito, who was being played by Kenneth, Kenneth Choi, I think his name is, um, it, it's funny to watch him now because in, in, he just he looks so much like Lancito. But when you we would look at Lancito and there would be things on the, the judge's table, the computer would be up and stuff, coffee mugs. And I remember, like, we would send KFI coffee mugs and, and Coast coffee mugs to see if one of our coffee mugs would end up on camera for the day. And I think a Coast mug ends up uh, really? on camera once. It was really super funny. So anyway – the, the arguments that they were having was something, like I said, it was a big part of this circus. And Dick Cabeza Productions, <laughs> <laughs> of course, took advantage of the fact that we were, you know, this, this circus trial atmosphere was going on. We did two things. We, all, we did one thing every day called Orenthal's Hope, which was a kind of cheesy soap opera parody 60-second version of what happened in the courtroom that day. Like like previously on... Yes, okay. previously on Orenthal's... And we called it Orenthal's Hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, with cheesy soap opera music. But <laughs> Dick Cabeza one day decided that he wanted to take the madness of the fights that were going on between the prosecution and the defense um, and transform it into a skit for the radio. Now, I have to tell you before we start, my husband, Dick Cabeza, is playing Johnny Cochran... Paul the Wall, who was our board operator at the time, plays both Christopher Darden and OJ. Bill's wow, he's got range. <laughs> Bill's producer Madeline was playing Marsha Clark. Our news guy Ken Gallagher was playing um, F. Lee Bailey, and Rich Murata, our old sports guy, was playing Judge Ito. So <laughs> it's not the voices, so to speak, but you guys all know kind of how Johnny Cochran used to flowery language and words that didn't really mean anything to kind of confuse people. My husband, when he first created this skit, he told me recently, he thought it was the worst thing ever. He goes, I thought I was going to get fired. I thought it was terrible. But after the fact... Fired, well, I, maybe I'm ruined, but I want to know, fired why? What he, a, he just thought it was so bad. Like, not funny. You're like, was he that thought a thing it was that, so not funny. That people come in and go, you could never do anything again. Yes. Wow. And he thought it was that bad, but as most creative people are, they don't realize sometimes how funny and how true to reality things are until they play. So I want you to listen to it, and I'll tell you what happened afterward that, that makes it proof positive that it was just the best thing ever. So here is the uh, OJ skit. Now, Detective, uh, how would you characterize what happened to Mrs. Simpson during the altercation in 1989? Uh, she was beaten and... Judge, the, the witness is being hysterical in his characterization of the minor familial squabble which occurred on that day. Yes, maybe Mrs. Simpson was slapped. And yes, we all see in the photos that there are large red marks on her face. But the phrase beaten 
is obviously an attempt by the LAPD to convict my client through innuendo and racial slurps. Your Honor, I must object to this speech making. Shut up, Marsha. Now I've warned you repeatedly. Thank you, Judge. Now we can see by this latest cloudburst that the prosecution wants to try this case in the media. The acrimonious parsimony of this deliberate verbiation of anterior mastication is appalling. It's simply appalling. I'm appalled. I've been in, uh, in law for 27 years, and I've never seen anything like this. I would remind the court that we did not stand up here and cry when the prosecution tried to characterize the defense as a nay quasi prestidigitator. It's just, it's just meticulous, Judge. Your Honor, these personal attacks are out of order. Miss Clark, this is the last time I'm going to warn you. One more outburst and there will be sanctions. But, Your Honor, <laughs> that's not fair. Miss Clark, acting. I warned you repeatedly, yet you insisted on defying me. Now you're forcing me to consider sanctions. Now, now Judge, you, you can see, we all can see... Even Mr. Darden, who was over my house last weekend giving my wife a back rub with coconut jojoba oil, well, I have to admit that this behavior is completely, I mean completely unconfessional. But I love you, Charlie. And I, and I do love you too, my little chocolate drop. I love you, Johnny. No, no, I love you. No, no, I love no, no, you. No, no, you, 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 you're misrepresented to the judge. I, I love you. No, 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 Mr. Darden, I love you. I love you. I love you. No. No, I love you. I love you. Who loves you more? Nobody. That's who. Your Honor, if I may. Yes, Mr. Bailey. Oh, if it please the court, uh, on this high holy day of uh, American patriotism, uh, shrouded in the colors of red, white, and uh, might I add blue, uh, the court knows, of course, that the founding fathers of, of this great country of ours uh, would not want Mr. Simpson spending one night in jail. And I think I can state unequivocally uh, that George Washington would have used the word skeezer uh, when describing Ms. Clark. All right, all right that's, that's enough F. Now, look, Judge, it is indeed a crockery that the citizens of the great Acropolis must be subjected to any more of this overhanded attempt by the racist hood-wearing, cross-burning, cracker-honky, race-baiting LAPD to drag my client's good shirt through the crud. It is contagious (laughs) to me to think that this can still go on in 1975. And right next to me, Judge, uh, for the prostitution, this hoe in cheap shoes called my client, who was one of the, I must point out, everybody must know this, that that he was one of the greatest running backs of all time, being accused of murder and being called a murderer. That that is simply, simply bubblicious. Your Honor, I must... (laughs) Miss Clark, that is it. You have crossed the line. I am imposing sanctions. I'll hear your arguments on the matter. Ms. Clark, would you like to address the court? Yes, I would, Your Honor, but I would like a recess of two years so I can fully prepare my argument fully to the full extent of what it is that the court is asking. All right, that's it. I've made my decision. Mr. Simpson, you're free to go. All charges before the court in this matter are hereby dropped. Even though I can't, uh, I mean, thank you, my honor. Th- th- thank you, Judge. Now let's make those dinner plans. <laughs> Wow. So it, it, what was funny is the, the Chris Darden, Johnny Cochran thing, they were, if, if you didn't know, and you probably know this from watching the show, um, Johnny Cochran was kind of like a mentor to Chris Darden, and then they ended up on opposite sides of right. these things, and it kind of destroyed their relationship. So, but that's where that, you know, he was over I my love house, you, my little chocolate drop. <laughs> I love you. Who loves you more? Nobody. Oh, my that's gosh. Um, but... And so, like I was telling you, my husband thought this was the worst thing he ever did. And we, when we first heard it, we were laughing hysterically because it really characterized the fact that it seemed like the judge hated the prosecution and everybody hated the the prosecution. And Johnny Cochran was just always saying, oh, how great OJ is. Um, And the, the best part of this was that after it aired, the district attorney's office called us and asked us for a copy. Gil Garcetti came down to the station to pick it up and said it was the funniest thing he ever heard. Wow. (laughs) Wow. It was his uh, his father. 
Oh, okay. Because Eric Garcetti, yeah. Eric, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, Gil Garcetti was his dad. So, yeah, he came and he asked for a copy of it because he said it was the funniest thing they ever heard. It totally... It totally put everything into like the perspective of what they were thinking that they were up up against in this trial. So anyway, it was my new favorite word is in you in you Nintendo <laughs> in you Nintendo and racial slurps. Oh my gosh! Simply, simply, I am stealing that from your husband. In you Nintendo is now great? part of my vernacular. Anyway, it's so that was one of the uh, the old Dickabase bits that that I just. It, it's so funny because as this show goes on. So many of these Dick Cabasevich just match up perfectly. I wanted to play another one today, but I'll play it next week um, with uh, F. Lee Bailey. I told you Nathan Lane is playing F. Lee Bailey in the series, and we did a song for F. Lee Bailey that just, it's perfect. It's just amazing. So we'll play that next week. So anyway, I wanted to get into my slot strategy. Yes. So I spent a day at uh, San Manuel kind of honoring my dad. Because he loved to go to the casino and he loved to play slot machines. And uh, I, I have that love of slot machines as well. And I, while I was out at San Manuel, I won 2700 bucks on one of the slot machines. And it was a slot machine that my dad used to love playing. It was a Monopoly slot, a dollar machine. And so, when you say, I'm sorry, but when you say it was a machine, is it like in the same spot or just the, the brand of the machine? The brand of machine okay. is the same. It's not the exact same machine he used to play, but he used to love all of the Monopoly slot machines. And they tend to be dollar machines. And, you know, it's, it's a uh, it's you play five dollars at a time. It's got five play lines. And what it has is it has a little bonus game with a big wheel. So that it, you spin it, and when you land on a certain you know property, you win whatever that amount is, anywhere from forty bucks to a thousand bucks to free parking. Now, for some, I don't play slots, so right. does because they always confuse me. Mm-hmm. It just looks like a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Yes, and and most of them are. That's that's yeah. Is this part of the strategy? This I'm walking is, okay. on it. Okay, yes. I'll shut up. Here, so here's the thing. So I won twenty seven hundred dollars playing this machine and it was so hilarious because I'm playing this machine because it's a machine that my dad used to like playing and I'm playing it and I'm, I'm thinking about my dad and and as I get the bonus game one time as as I'm hitting the bonus I thought god dad wouldn't it be great if I hit free parking and the spinner goes around and then bing, free parking comes wow. up in the 2700 bucks so it was really cool it was like one of those moments where I was like did that just actually happen and it did and uh so I ended up walking out of uh, San Manuel with about three grand, which is I walked in with three hundred dollars. Like I always spend the same. Like, Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, no. So that's, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you this strategy because people ask me about it all the time. Everybody thinks it's bullshit. My husband thinks it's bullshit, but it's not. Does he have twenty seven hundred dollars? No, and yeah. I keep telling him as long as I follow the strategy, I've been using the strategy for the last fifteen years, at least ten to fifteen years. And every time I follow it to the letter, I never ever lose. The only time I ever lose is when I'm not when I totally discount the strategy. Okay, so here's here's the basic one. And my husband thinks this is the biggest bullshit. <laughs> Number one is the biggest bullshit thing ever. Is you need a positive attitude. <laughs> you cannot walk in thinking that you're going to lose, and because my husband always walks in thinking he's going to lose, and so he always loses, and he. He is the biggest cooler I have ever met in my life. <laughs> I can be playing a slot machine. I could be playing a machine 
and be doing well on a machine, and he walks up, and I don't win anything. And he walks away, and I start winning again. I Here's what I love to God. about this is that people who don't play slot machines and are like hardcore like poker gamblers that know the money or like they're really good at craps, <laughs> they're like, oh, that's one. But people who play slots all year are like, girl, preach it. Right. Tell it. Listen, my husband plays poker. He likes playing poker, po- and he likes playing blackjack po- and three-card poker and all that stuff. Poker is a strategy game. Okay, you have to know how, what you're doing when you're playing poker. You don't have to know what you're doing when you're playing slot machines. You just have to follow a few simple rules, which is why this works. Okay. So, one, go in with a positive attitude. Got it. Okay. Two, you have to set from the very beginning how much you're willing to lose. Are you willing to walk out of there? Are you going to bet the mortgage? <laughs> you know? So, set your limits. So, for me, I set my limits like 300 bucks. If I lose 300 bucks, I, I feel bad, but not that bad. Right. Because it's like extra money for me that I've put aside specifically for when I go play. So if I lose it, I'm not going to feel too terrible. So you want to pick an amount. Yes. Based whatever on... that amount is. Could be $100, could be $50, could be $300, could be $500. Whatever it is. Something that if you lose it, it's kind of be like, oh, that kind of sucks. Because you want to have something to risk, right. right? That's part of the fun of gambling. Exactly. But you don't want to be severely depressed or broke when you leave. Exactly. Got it. So you set yourself a limit. Then... You have to pick a machine. And there's two things, there's a couple of things that go to picking a machine. One, my experience, and I, you know, I've been gambling since I was 21, and most of the time, I think 99%, 95% of the time, I've won. Really? Um, the dollar machines pay off better than any other machines in the casino. So the penny machines, which I played for a while, will pay off, but it takes a little bit longer. Okay, to, to, but the dollar machines, to me, when they pay off, they pay off a lot better. You have a better um, advantage with a dollar machine. Okay. So, and I always look for machines that have between a one and five pay line max. I don't even like five pay line that much because I think it's too much. So usually between one and three, but I'll go up to five. Okay. One, because it's not as confusing because you can follow along with what's going on. When you get into those games, especially the penny machines that have 50 pay lines, 60 pay lines. Okay. And then you're spinning and you're going, why didn't I win anything on that? Or I won 10 cents. It's ridiculous. So keep it simple and stick with, like, one to five pay lines. Pick a machine that is well in public view, and that means an aisle or an end machine. On a weekend, especially on a Friday or a Saturday night, casino – and, again, my husband says this is bullshit. No. But I've always had experience of of a machine that can draw a lot of attention. Yeah. People are walking by. If they are going to control it, that's the one they want people to see pay off. they want people to go, oh, she's winning. Let me go play over here. Wow. Okay, so. That's really smart. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Always play the max bet. If you're sitting at a five-line machine, play the five lines. If you're sitting at a three-line machine, play the three lines. If you're sitting next to me and you're not playing the maximum bet, I'm going to smack you in the head. I swear, because you, you are the smack person. smack an old lady with an oxygen tank yes, in the head? I might. How dare you? What drives me crazy more than anything else is people who will sit down and put one coin in a machine. Because those are the people who will get a great pay and then only get about a quarter of what they should, got, should have gotten if they would have played the max bet. So always play the max bet. The next rule is... Know what you're playing. Okay, it it drives me crazy when somebody sits down and they just they start playing and they're like, I don't know what's going on. What's happening? Why didn't I get anything there? Before you play the machine, there's always a little thing. You now almost all machines are digital, so you can just use the the touch screen and you press pays or help. 
and it and look at it and you don't have to read through every piece of thing but you need to know what the biggest pays are which ways they pay because if it's a five line machine it's going to usually be you know three straight lines top middle and bottom and then the the diagonal lines the two diagonal lines and you want to know what you need for a bonus okay so just know what you're playing. Know what you're dealing with before you start what, playing. What qualifies a bonus? Is that more of like longevity or like? No. You, you, and there's there's two kinds of bonus games. There's the bonus games that sometimes randomly throw in a bonus as you're playing. Just as a machine, they'll just be like, hey, let's give you some fun and give you an extra spin or whatever. But there are some machines that, like the Monopoly machine that I was playing, which was a five-line machine. And if I didn't win anything on a pay line, like if I didn't get three bars or three sevens, they had all like a lot of the symbols had these little tiny wheels that were attached to them. So if I got three wheels on a pay line, even if that didn't pay me, if I got two sevens and a bar and it paid nothing, but I had these three wheels, I got to spin the big wheel. And the big wheel, the least you could win was forty bucks. So if you spun it once, you were at least getting forty bucks, if not more. So you're saying of uh, understanding the bonus isn't necessarily part of strategy within the game because it is kind of random it's more yes. of like why watch a football game when you have no idea exactly. how any of it works exactly Got it. okay so slots aren't about aren't about strategy it's all about r- dumb random luck whether or not you're going to get it but you have you can increase your luck by playing a machine that's got a bonus if you use michelle's strategy if you use my strategy okay and here's the biggest thing for me so when you're sitting at your machine you, f- you figure you find your end machine you find your you know, three-line machine with a bonus game. It's a dollar machine. You're all set to play. When you put your money in, let's say you start with 300 bucks, like, but you don't want to put it all in at once, okay? You put in 40 bucks. If you don't get any kind of payout within the 40 bucks or any kind of bonus game, you get up and walk away and find another machine because any good machine will pay you back almost every other spin, either as much as you put in, so you might just get your your spin amount back, your $3 back, or you'll get 20 or 40 or whatever. So if you put your money in and it just goes real quick, like you spin five times and that's it, you're not winning anything, go and find another machine because it's not going to be a good machine for you. So you want a machine that's going to kind of give and take. For me, I like to play for a really long time. So as long as machine is paying me every once in a while, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I can sit there. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say that I have sat down and played slot machines for nine or ten hours in a row with nice. only a break to go to the bathroom because I've been playing for a really long time. How do you reserve well. your machine when you go to the or you don't worry about that? You don't I don't worry about okay. that. If I have to pee bad enough I'll pee, you know I'll just run and go. Use the cup for the Oh I'm sorry, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> so so with that said too, if you when you put your money in, if you put your forty bucks in and you hit a couple times and you're up to eighty bucks or a hundred bucks, cash it out. Then put another twenty bucks in. And then when you double that, cash it out. Do the same thing. So every time you double your money, you should cash out. Why is that? Because you're doubling your money. <laughs> you're so not don't let it, it the sit machine. there on the chance that you could spend in your mind. In you your might mind. think, oh, I'm up. Now it doesn't these, matter. Right. And the, 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 time that, the times that I have lost money are the times where, let's say I'll put 20 bucks in and I'll spin a couple times and I'll be up to 100 bucks. And I'll say to myself, oh, I'm going to just play down to $50. Yeah. And then I'll walk away. So if you if you double your money, you should cash out and keep playing the same machine? Yes. Double okay. your money, cash out, take your little ticket, stick it in your little pocket or whatever. And then start whatever, again with whatever amount of money you want to play. Because mm-hmm. you figure if you do that every time and you double your money, so if you're playing 
300 bucks and you can double it to 600 bucks by playing and cashing out, playing and cashing out, then you've doubled your money. You've got 600 bucks. Then you walk away for a while. You go up to your room. You leave most of the money in your room. You take $200 down and you try to do it again. So for me, that's every, every time I've done so it, that's So you take a I've break done. when that happens? When I, yeah, when I've exhausted the money that's in my wallet because I've been cashing out every time I double up, then I go. So now you, in a sense, have receipts to yes, go to I the have cashier. All of, and I go and I cash those in. So and you I go get take my a money, break and do whatever and then come back after a half hour or whatever. With, you know, half of, or a quarter of that money and try to double that. Got it. So for me, that's how I play. Now, when you hit, uh, you know, a $2,700 jackpot, that's just complete chance. I mean, that's complete chance. But you can take your money and double it every single time. I have never, when I followed that strategy, I have never, ever walked away losing money. Ever. Wow. So it's, I'm telling you, it's just, it's the way to go. So positive attitude, set your limit, find your machine. Again, I, I always say a dollar machine with a one to five pay line, nothing more than that. And a machine with a bonus game. Find a machine that's in public view on the end where there's a lot of traffic going by. Always play the max bet. Know what you're playing, so look at the rules before you start playing, because if you're one of those idiots sitting next to me who's like, I don't know what's going on, I'm going to smack you. Um, put your money in, and as you double your money, cash it out. Okay? Mm-hmm. Those are all the rules. That's all you need to know. So when you go to the casino, follow those rules, and I guarantee you you won. If you don't win anything within your first initial 20 or 40 bucks you put in, get up and find another machine. Try okay. something else, because it might not... And there are days where you might go in and you'll put in 20 bucks and it'll go away. You'll put in another 20 bucks and it'll go away. And that maybe that just means it's not your day. And all Michelle is asking is a 10% fee of any winnings exactly. to be sent to us here at KFI. Yeah. Right? So that's my slot strategy. See, it's not very hard. I Honestly, here's the thing. I think somebody on Twitter who said that they love this podcast accused me of being a sycophantic kiss ass. And this is what I've decided to say to that is I think that's really interesting. And I am not a kiss ass. I think that people misunderstand. Uh, maybe there's just not a lot of nice people in the radio or on the radio, <laughs> but I like people. I like Michelle. I like Handel. I, there's no reason for me to suck up to anybody. No, you but just I, like I, people. Here's the thing. You took something mm-hmm. that I think is the most boring thing that my mom has done for my entire life, and you made it very interesting. Well, I good. can now sit next to my mom. And much like teaching your your wife or something about, to be wildly sexist, I guess, about sports, it makes it more enjoyable for them, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Now I could sit with my mom, and but, but she only plays the nickel. I'd right. like to throw down some of your strategies. Well, you know, and I don't... Because she just goes there for free drinks, I think. Right. Well, and that's the great thing about, especially almost any casino, is you can get free drinks, you know, free alcoholic drinks. So yeah. j- that's what you have to be careful of when you're playing. <laughs> remember the strategy even yeah. when you're drinking a lot. <laughs> Write it on your hand. I'm not a huge fan of the nickel machines. My grandmother used to play the nickel machines. I wasn't a big fan of them. I always had big success with the the dollar machines. I won last when I went to Morongo to go see Bob Newhart. Won eleven hundred bucks. I won the you know almost three thousand dollars at a Sam Manuel in with addition, in addition to the jackpot. Um, and then when I was in Vegas last year, I think when I was in Vegas, I won like seventeen hundred bucks. So I. Every time I follow this, I never lose. It's when I don't follow it. And I get those, believe me, there are those times where I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, yeah, mama's going to hit the big one. Mama's going to hit the big one. I'm going to. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I get all my money. So there have been a few times. And it's only when I have not followed this strategy that has it. it I love that you break your own strategy. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's only happened a couple times. And right. it only happens like my husband says I get the crazy eyes. 
It's like you get the crazy eyes. Honey, honey, you got the crazy eyes. Time to go. Meanwhile, honey. he thinks this is all bullshit. <laughs> Your whole strategy is filled with nothing more than in your Nintendo. That's because he is a negative Nancy yep. when it comes to gambling. How's he do when he's playing poker? He does pretty good. Oh, okay. He does pretty good. It'd be better if he, like, sucked. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about, because a couple people have asked me about it, is um, my tattoo. All oh, about you with your dad? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, I got a tattoo to honor my dad. I've always wanted a tattoo, okay? Always, for the longest time. My husband has one. Um, he'll probably kill me for telling me blood, but he's got one. He doesn't show it's it. Of a dolphin on the small of his back? No. No, I get what you're saying. But um, I've always wanted, on pelvis. I always wanted a tattoo, and he asked me once, well, what do you want? And I was like, well, I really want, like, three little ladybugs crawling up my ankle. And he goes, that's stupid. Dumb. Don't do it. And so I never got a tattoo, and he, he when I was really serious about doing that ladybug thing, because I love ladybugs, he said to me, he pulled me aside, and he said, just do me one favor. Don't get a tattoo until it means something to you. And I said, okay, I get it. I'll, I'll wait. So after my dad passed away, um, I sort of, and I finally kind of understood what that meant, and it took me a long time to decide on what I was going to get, and what I decided to get was a... Um, an image of the Tomcat, F-14 Tomcat patch, which was his favorite, one of his favorite uh, projects when he worked at uh, Grumman. Um, And they have this cool patch uh, for the F-14 Tomcat. And it's a Tomcat with two tails because the F-14 has two tails, two engines. And it was, it's really cool. So I decided on that. And once I decided on that, my husband said, well, wait a year. You know, to you know, just decide if you really want it. Because once you get it, it's permanent. And if you want to get it removed, it's a real bitch. So I <laughs> so I decided to wait. And I did. I waited almost a year to get the tattoo. And as I was coming up to the year um, anniversary of my dad's death, I decided to um, start looking for artists. And I was really pissed off in this process because I was trying to find somebody who did the style of tattoo, which is sort of like American classic, I think they call it, or I can't remember if that's what they call it. But it's a very traditional, American traditional kind of a tattoo and with a broad, you know, thick lines and stuff like that. So I really wanted to find an artist that kind of did that really well. And I found a couple when I was researching online. I found a few, and I wanted to go do consults with them, but everybody was blowing me off. Like it was – most people said, well, you know, we really don't consult if you want. We can answer your questions. Just come in. You can just do your tattoo the same day. And I'm like, no, I don't want that because it's for tattoo – Tattoo virgin, I'm kind of afraid. I thought it was going to really hurt. Tut. So um, <laughs> I was kind of, you know, disillusioned for a while. And then I was watching, this is going to sound crazy, but I was watching L.A. Inc., the old L.A. Inc. show with Kat Von D. And she had um, an artist on there. His name is Dan Smith. He's from New Zealand. And he did that kind of tattoo. And I was like, wow, I wonder if, you know, I could check him out. So I looked him up, and he wasn't with uh, L.A. Inc. anymore. He didn't do the show anymore. I think the show was off the air by that time. But I realized that he had opened his own tattoo shop in Tustin, which is about two and a half minutes from where my parents live and about three minutes from where my dad passed away at the hospital. And I thought, this is fate, right? It, it sounds crazy, but this is fate. So I went, I made an appointment, I called them, and I said, hey, could I come in and do a consult? And they're like, absolutely. And I said, but I don't want to get my tattoo the same day. They said, no problem. Come on in. If you want to talk to Dan, he'll he'll sit and talk with you. I went in for a consult, and he sat down with me for 45 minutes. And I showed him the tattoo. I showed him what I wanted to do. He gave me his suggestions. Um, and, of course, I went with, you know, he's the artist, so he knows what he's talking about. And he 
answered every single one of my questions. He was really, really very genuinely kind and nice and just really nice, nice about the whole thing. So after my consult, I had scheduled uh, an appointment with him. For, it was about three or four weeks later. And I went in the day of, for the tattoo, and he had it all written, you know, drawn out for me, and it was beautiful. I didn't, there were no changes. We just talked about <laughs> colors and, and stuff like that. And then he said, okay, let's go. Are you ready to go? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's go sit down. So I'm sitting there, and he knew I was a tattoo virgin. He, wanted, he said, you know, my goal is to make everybody's experience, especially his first experience, a really great one. And so when he st- before he started, he said, I'm going to tell you every step of the way exactly what I'm doing. And, okay, let's test it. Here's the first line. You know, here we're going to just – here's what it's going to feel like. And he did the first line, and I was like, oh, okay, that's not that bad. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's like, okay, you ready? And I said, yep, Absolutely. And he started, and it didn't. Now it didn't hurt anywhere near how I thought it was going to hurt. And you got it. This is on the back of your shoulder. It's on the back of my shoulder, my left shoulder, and it didn't. So it didn't hurt. But every step along the way, like once he was done with the outline, he was like, "Okay, I'm done with the outline. Now here's what it's going to feel like when when I do shading." And he would do that. Okay, so now you know what it feels like. Okay, you ready to go? Let's go. And then okay, here's what it feels like when we do the color. It's this is how it's going to feel. You good? Okay, let's go. Under two hours, he he did the tattoo. And it's a pretty pretty large tattoo. You can see a picture of it on the website at kfim640.com, keyword producer Michelle. You can see the patch, and you can see the tattoo, what he did. And it was the most amazing experience I had ever had. And he, it was funny because he said that my skin took the color and, and everything really well. So when, when the tattoo was done, it didn't even look like I had just gotten a tattoo. It wasn't really red or anything like that. Everything took really, really well. And as soon as I saw it in the mirror, I just totally burst into tears. And he gave me a big hug. And he, you know, because we were talking the whole time about what it meant so to me. So he knew why and all he that. He knew why I wanted it and, and exactly what I wanted to do. And it was the greatest experience I had ever had. And, and I could tell anybody, if you're looking to get a tattoo, check out Captured Tattoo in Tustin because Dan does amazing work. I was really honored to have him do my tattoo. I didn't even think it would be a possibility that he would do it, but it was it was amazing. So you got to check it out and see what he did for me and, and see what he did for you if you're thinking about getting a tattoo. So I just wanted to tell people a little bit about that because they were asking about it. So <laughs> no, I think I don't have the guts. <laughs> no way, no how. I didn't think I would either. I really didn't think I would either, and I thought I was going to kind of flake out at the last minute, but – he made the experience so great and his whole staff and, and it healed. I mean, it was so quick healing. Yeah, it's great it's just, when people love what they do. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah, it was, it, it, it meant, it means a lot to him to make everybody's experience a great one, no matter how many tattoos you've gotten. So it's, it was just amazing. So check them out if you get a chance. Um, so that's all I have for this week. Justin, you're going to do your podcast this week, right? I am. I'm recording it with my beautiful bride, Natalie, my wife. She's going to be. This is all. Well, I've had her on the show before, but this is mostly per Michelle's suggestion because uh, my wife is. She's foul mouthed and she's awesome. Very blunt. She's the best. I love her. She is really, really awesome. Yeah. So that is at thedadpodcast.com. You're going to be doing that this week. And. We can follow you on Twitter, KFI Justin, but don't you guys have a dad podcast Twitter? Mm-hmm. You can follow me at dad podcast, at but dad I think podcast. if you find me here, KFI Justin is a great way to, I like chatting with people on Twitter. Yeah, it's fun. That's good. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at prod Michelle and princess on Instagram at PGK the Chi, which by the way, if you haven't seen it, 
Um, I, we posted on Handle's page on the KFI website, KFIM640.com keyword handle, a, a video of Buffy eating with chopsticks. Yes, I you saw that. You asked for it. I and told now you. you've got it, people. Now you got it. And let me just say, it does not disappoint. It doesn't. It I'm, does not disappoint. And people were arguing with me when I posted it saying, she's eating it off the floor. No, she's not. She smells it and yep. then she doesn't eat it off the floor. So she only eats it off the chopsticks. I don't know what her deal is right now, but that is the only way she will eat right now. It's the only way I can get food in her. Because she's off spaghetti. She's off it. Yeah, she's off spaghetti. She's tired she of carbo-loading. She's t- absolutely tired of carbo-loading. So <laughs> anyway, so you can follow us and you can tune in next week. We will have another podcast for you. I don't know what I'm going to talk about next week, but uh, there'll be a lot of stuff. So we'll see you then. I look forward to it. Bye-bye. Will there at least be more Dick Cabeza? Oh, yes. Definitely more. Oh, good. More All Dick. Right. Oh, tomorrow I will change, and today won't mean a thing. I'm a bad.